engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. Sorry, I was pull, trying to pull up the radar and it went to the tornado graph. Don't worry, there aren't any. I don't know why it went that way. Uh, speak of the Noonan area, uh, the Moreland area, j- to the west side of Peachtree City, there is a going to be a special election on Tuesday. I, I don't know why they did it this way. I guess they wanted a low turnout. Um, I, I mean, honestly, I, I, I'm guessing they wanted a low turnout. It's going to be the day after Labor Day. There's going to be a special election in the 71st State House District. That is David Stover's seat. David Stover had to leave the legislature, and they have called a special election uh, for that seat. And uh, so September 3rd is the election. Uh, just so you have a sense of where that is, that district is... Uh, part of, it crosses over part of 85, uh, there around just south of Palmetto it, uh, plantation subdivision down that area. Um, it is the Western half of Lake McIntosh, the, the West side of Lake McIntosh circle H estates, uh, Truen is in there, uh, that area down there, Moreland is in there. Uh, that was David Stover's seat, and it's shaping up to be a very interesting race. Marcy Sackerson is probably the front runner from the polling I've seen. She's former Congressman Lynn Westmoreland's daughter, and he's played in a role in the election. They delayed filing her disclosures. I don't know whether it was intentional or not, but it is very interesting. They waited until the, the very last um, week to file her campaign disclosures and surprise, surprise, David Ralston is a donor. That probably has something to do with it. Now, the the key here, I am told very reliably, very reliably from super reliable sources uh, that certain certain Republicans have been helping the Democrats in that district. Why? Because there's going to be a runoff. There's a lady named Jill Prouty who's running as a Democrat, and she's consolidated all the Democrats behind her. There are three Republicans running for the seat. Remember how it works. Uh, you have a you've got a special election. And so uh, f- you got all the people run and then they have runoff between the top two. Well, the reason I am told, and again, exceedingly reliably from exceedingly well-placed sources, uh, that Republicans have been helping to consolidate Democrats for Jill Prouty is because, surprise, surprise, the other Republicans in the race oppose David Ralston. So it's a super Republican district. But if you work real hard to make sure all the Democrats turn out for just one candidate and the Republicans are divided between three candidates, you can ensure that no one gets into a runoff who opposes David Ralston. Yes. You know, you have to give it to the mendacity uh, of this. I mean, it, it actually is a pretty like evil genius plot. You you help the Democrat get into the runoff with the Republican who supports Ralston is being funded by Ralston so that the two people who are on have taken the position that Ralston needs to go are shut out of the runoff. 
Now, I'm supporting Phil Singleton, and the reason I am, Nina Blackwelder, everyone tells me, is is great, but uh, I don't think, and based on talking to people in this district, she has done the legwork uh, to really get people out and get people circulated, and Philip Singleton's been out there knocking on doors, and I'm telling you, if you want to have an impact, it will be a a shot heard around the world. It will certainly be a shock to the political system. If those of you down in Coweta County, in, in the Moreland area, the Truen area, um, it, it, that district, David Stover's district, uh, Oak Ridge, uh, Wood Valley Estates, uh, all the land to the west of Lake McIntosh down there in Peachtree City, you go out and you support Philip Singleton, people are going to have to pay attention because he's running saying you got to get rid of David Ralston. He's running, saying we got a problem. He's running, saying uh, this is unacceptable. And he's right. And Marcy Sackerson, who is the, the front runner in the independent polling I've seen, is getting money from David Ralston. She won't take a position on David Ralston. This will be a race where they will spin a willing media. Remember, the media wants to help the Democrats. Remember, there have been media reports out there saying, oh, the Democrats aren't going to use this issue. Meanwhile, you got a third-party Democratic group that's already running phone calls in swing districts attacking the Republicans for, for standing up for David Ralston. I mean, you're doing the GOP a favor by by taking David Ralston and and putting people in the House who will push him aside. You're saving the House Republicans. I, and I don't know that, that, that I've mentioned this, uh, but you do need to know this is happening. There's a Democratic group. I forget what they're calling themselves. It's one of those those dumb little Democratic names like No Justice, No Peace, or some crap like that. They, they are outrunning uh, attack calls to independent voters in swing districts around Georgia. Uh, I know Houston Gaines in Athens has been targeted. Chuck Martin has been targeted. Jan Jones has been targeted. Um, uh, Sharon Cooper, Deborah Silcox. Uh, I think there are one or two other people who are being targeted. And they're being attacked by this Democratic group over David Ralston, that they're refusing to stand up. They're refusing to take a position. Now, remember, uh, Jim Galloway did an interview with the House Democratic leader, and the House Democratic leader said, oh, no, we're not going to do that. Why would we attack David Ralston? That's an internal Republican issue. It's not an issue voters care about. And guess what's happening? They're using the issue. They're using the issue. Well, so now you have an opportunity as a Republican voter. If you live in the 71st House District, you've got an opportunity to stand up and have your voice heard. You have an opportunity. If you live in David Stover's House District, this again, it it is uh, Fayette and uh, Coweta County. If you will stand up and register your vote for Phil Singleton, suddenly you send a very clear message to the Republicans that this is a real problem. You send a very clear message, a very clear message to the Republicans that they got to do something. And they do need to do something. Uh, they, They do need to stand up and take into account what's happening. They do need to stand up and oust David Ralston. But look at what Ralston's doing. And again, it's kind of genius. I mean, you you do have to hand it to the establishment. You're having your special election the day after Labor Day. 
the day after Labor Day, you're having your special election. The front runner waits until the week before the election to release her campaign contribution disclosure reports. Everyone kind of suspected maybe Ralston was supporting her. And guess what? Turns out he gave her money. But there's a week. Early voting's already started. How many people? This is one of the reasons why I'm opposed to early voting. Early voting has already started. And who in that district knows that this is David Ralston's candidate, Mar- Marcy Sacrison? Who knows that's David Ralston's candidate? And you got Republicans out there helping the Democrats turn out for the number two spot to lock her in. Because the Democrat, this is a Republican, this is a highly Republican seat. So you get a Democrat in second place and you guarantee that David Ralston's candidate wins the runoff. The only way to stop this, the only way to rebuke David Ralston, you as a voter, the only way to stand up to this is to go vote on Tuesday. Make yourself a mental note a week from today or go early vote this week. You can go early vote this week. But if you live in the 71st district, you go vote on Tuesday for Phil Singleton. And you send a message to the GOP, this is unacceptable. First of all, it is really, really unacceptable uh, to to hold an election the day after Labor Day. You know, so over in Watkinsville, um, those of you who can still hear me in Watkinsville, um, I, I don't mean to make a lot of that. There, there are some people, for those of you who don't know, that the, the, the signal changed for the station. And a lot of people on the east side and the northeast side, they, they don't get the uh, channel as clear. But we're technically, we're not in their area. We're, we're in the Atlanta area. And so the people in Atlanta need to be able to hear us. And there are some people who are upset. I don't mean to make light of it. Uh, you can get, get the WSB radio app. I mean, seriously, go get the WSB radio app. And you can listen to your heart's content on the WSB radio app, or you can use the AM signal. Uh, but in Watkinsville, y'all, this is so dirty. It really is. And, and when I was on city council, this would just drive me insane. And I would raise Kane about it every time. They want to raise property taxes in Oconee County. They want to raise property taxes in Oconee County. And state law requires you have to have two meetings. Before you can raise taxes, you have to have two meetings so that the public can come register their response to the proposal to raise taxes. So you know what Oconee County's done over in Watkinsville? They had their first meeting at 11. They're having their second meeting at 530. And they're voting at 6. So they had their meeting at 11 this morning. So everyone was at work and couldn't come. They're having their next meeting at 530. And they've got it scheduled right before the county commission meeting. So they've only got 30 minutes to have to hear from those dirty, awful constituents who don't want their property taxes raised. And then at six o'clock, they're going to raise property taxes on the people of Oconee County. They stack the deck. That's what's happening here. The deck is stacked on the special election to happen the day after Labor Day. Everybody's just coming back from Labor Day vacation. You got Republicans trying to help a Democrat get into the runoff to block all the, the, the people opposed to David Ralston. This is why, this is how the establishment wins now. They play dirty like that. Here's the problem. If this keeps up in November, judgment day's coming for them. Judgment day will come for them. So if you're in the 71st congressional or in the house district, if you do not want to see Democrats in charge of redistricting, if you do not want to see Democrats 
being in leadership in the state house, if you do not want to see a Democrat in the speaker's chair, if you do not want to see Brian Kemp's agenda derailed by a Democrat house in Georgia, you need to go vote for someone like Philip Singleton, who's going to go take a strong position on David Ralston. If he gets in and wins, it sends a huge signal to the Republicans that they got to stand up to Ralston. So if you're in the 71st, you got to go vote. Labor Day is coming. Kids are starting back to school. You want to get in routines. You want to get in sleep routines. You want to get in exercise routines. You know what you also need to do? You need to get into clean teeth routines. Morning and evening brushing. The Quip makes it easy. Quip has sensitive sonic vibrations for an effective clean that's gentle on your sensitive gums. It's even got a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides, and it helps you clean your whole mouth evenly. And the multi-use cover works as a stand, mounts to a mirror, and slides over your bristles to pack and protect your Quip on the go. Brush heads are even automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks. A friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. I love my Quip. My wife has a Quip. My daughter has a Quip. We all use Quip at our house. You can too. It starts at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash Eric right now, you get your first refill pack for free. So you get your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash Eric. Get Quip. You will love this toothbrush. I've been a longtime Quip user. You will want to be a longtime Quip user. Getquip.com slash Eric. Go now. Uh, listen, this is not something I would normally do. I hesitate to do it at all, but honestly, if you if you tried the vegan chicken at KFC today, you just call in. 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. The only place in the world that you could get, I started to say North America, but it's the world. The only place in the world you can get KFC's new vegan chicken. And I don't know, I don't know that it's it's technically it's it's the you know the beyond meat stuff, the the fake meat stuff that some fast food restaurants have started selling because of climate change. Well, KFC needed a way to separate itself from Popeyes. Wendy's and Chick-fil-A. And so they decided to sell beyond meat, fake chicken, chicken nuggets and boneless wings. And I, I still, I don't know what the difference between a boneless wing and a chicken nugget is. I thought a boneless wing was a chicken nugget. I think it's a chicken nugget, but they add an extra dollar to the price. But you can only get it in Atlanta. In Atlanta, KFCs today, you can go get the fake chicken chicken. I don't know why anyone wants to eat fake chicken chicken, but apparently it's a thing and KFC is the only place you can get it. And I'm horrified by the notion. Um, God help you if you have it. When we come back, Sarah Riggs Amico, she's going to run against David Perdue. Y'all, believe it or not, I'm actually fascinated by this subject, the Popeye's fried chicken sandwich trying to segment itself against Wendy's and Chick-fil-A. I still don't think Wendy's gets enough credit for a fantastic, I like it better than than Chick-fil-A, their spicy chicken sandwich. But Popeye's has had to go out and say, stop coming to get the chicken sandwich. They're completely sold out. Now, a buddy of mine who lives in New Orleans and knows people familiar with the operations at Popeye says that they are having massive supply chain problems because they never expected 
the demand for the Popeyes. Uh, and there are not a lot of Popeyes out there. They're they're, they're not. Uh, and one of the one of the problems with not having a lot of Popeyes restaurants out there is they they have supply chain problems. When they have a big product, the supply chain can get stretched thin, and they're having to go out now and find new vendors for the chicken sandwich that they have. They have very specific specifications for it, and they got to find some vendors who can manufacture the sandwich for them. And by manufacture, I just mean put it together. Uh, unlike the manufactured fake meat products that are out there, like the KFC vegan chicken nuggets or whatever they're calling it. Uh, but yeah, don't go to Popeye's looking for that uh, spicy fried chicken sandwich because they're sold out of it and they're pushing out on social media saying, please don't show up for it. Now, speaking of the the, the vegan chicken nuggets, Dustin in Kennesaw was a brave soul and went out and tried it. Dustin, how was the chicken nugget? I mean, they were they were fine. I, I think it opens up the market for, like, my mom's a vegan. My dad loves fried chicken. It gives them a chance to go to dinner together where otherwise they couldn't. And they it can, wasn't bad. It, was, they it wasn't it as good as fried chicken because nothing's as good as fried chicken. Yeah, yeah, nothing. But it was fine. I mean, it was very decent. Some barbecue sauce on it. You couldn't tell the difference. Yeah, it's basically like the McDonald's chicken nugget. <laughs> yeah, I mean, barbecue sauce will hide a world of sin. You know what I mean? Like, yes. <laughs> so, so your mom and dad can get a, a bucket of fake chicken from Chick Fil A or from from well, KFC. Well, I mean, he's still gonna get real chicken. My old man won't eat vegan chicken. But... <laughs> Good for him. Well, okay. Well, I mean, I, he, he did eat the Impossible Whopper though. He liked that. He's well, and so just th- like a Whopper. So. This is the Impossible Ooh. Company's chicken too. I think it's. Uh, I think they're different. I think the Beyond Meat. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, the, the Impossible and the Beyond. Yes, Impossible and Beyond. Too. The, yeah, they are. You're right. Yeah, you're but right. I mean, they're both fine. I don't know. I mean, all they're trying to do is make extra money, and I don't know. Who cares? You know? Yeah. Oh, hang on a second. Hang on. Oh my. Oh. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, Charlie, my producer just sent this to me. Uh, people are online selling their Popeyes fried chicken sandwiches, and the going price right now is five hundred dollars. Oh, wait, wait. There's one guy selling it for $3,500. I bet you couldn't sell the vegan nugget for that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Capitalism is at its finest. Let yeah. people sell chicken sandwich for how much they'll pay for them. So amen to that. Listen, thanks very much for being the brave soul, Dustin, and trying the the, the vegan chicken. Um, wow. Somebody is selling uh, hundreds of dollars. That, and that's one previously purchased Popeye's fried chicken sandwich potentially will come with salmonella by the time it gets to you. Holy moly. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. All right. We, we, we got to go talk about Sarah Riggs Amico. I'm actually very interested in this. And for those of you who, who aren't into, into the political stuff, right? I listen, I'm getting burnout on the, the daily drama and the politics too. So I, I totally get it. Um, but I, I really, really, really am fascinated with Sarah Riggs Amico's launch. Here's why I'm fascinated with it. I want to play for you her introduction to the public. Now, she's a known quantity within Democratic politics. She ran for lieutenant governor. She's actually got a pending lawsuit over the lieutenant governor's race, claiming that there was a big ballot drop off and that was a problem. And she claims she might have won, so she's still in litigation over that. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I think it's on appeal. The case got dismissed. But she's got a debut video out. And I want you to listen to this. I I, I, I want you to listen to this 
and and then I'm going to comment on it. I don't want to talk over it. I just want you to absorb it. Uh, so she ran for lieutenant governor. She was in the state legislature. She is well known, 40 years old, uh, and she's got this video. I just want to play the video, and then you can, then we'll talk about it. She put it up on YouTube to launch her campaign today. Let's listen. If it will load. Here we go. Uh, now, YouTube having some issues. YouTube is having global issues today, by the way, apparently. Um, okay, let me let me reload here. Okay, here we go. These are times that test our faith. In our beliefs. Nine church members died. In our democracy. In each other. My faith teaches that the testing of our beliefs is hard, but it can ground us with purpose. That faith guided me when I took over a struggling company, putting in my own money to save jobs and provide health insurance to thousands of workers and their families. It led me to travel across Georgia with Stacey Abrams, standing up to the old guard and politics as usual. Now, I'm running for U.S. Senate because we need leaders who will renew our faith in America's loftiest ideal. That all people were created equal, deserving of equal rights and equal opportunity. Too many politicians in Washington are not worthy of the faith we've placed in them. They claim to share our values, but their actions betray us. You don't love your neighbor if you shun the poor, the powerless, the least of these. Faith is how I know that nobody should be sick because they're poor or poor because they're sick. That we need to protect and sustain the earth. That we have an obligation to stand up for economic security and social justice, no matter the color of your skin or who you love. I've traveled to every corner of this state. I've witnessed. We share common values, no matter what we look like or how or if we pray. We deserve leaders who will stand up for our values all the time, not just when it serves their political self-interest. That's why I'm running, because I have faith that together we can build a government as good as the people of Georgia. So that's the that's the video for Sarah Riggs Amico. She mentions faith repeatedly. It begins the opening scene is of an interdenominational gathering of progressive religious leaders, and she weaves it in. She quotes scripture uh, in in there. Now here's what I find fascinating. One I find fascinating the rise of open progressiveness. Uh, Christian progressivism on the left that uh, basically we're going to take back Christianity, which they're not taking back Christianity. They are creating a new religion and calling it Christianity. It, it's actually devoid of the gospel message. It's bringing a heaven on earth instead of saying we're passing through on our way to heaven. Um, but what I, what I deeply find interesting here is that she's talking about faith. She's in, I, I commend her for that, by the way, and here's why. She's running against Ted Terry and Teresa Tomlinson. Ted Terry is a very progressive environmentalist, mayor of Clarkston. Teresa Tomlinson wants to say she's the most progressive candidate in the race, and really, she is an opportunist. 
uh, Teresa Tomlinson will say or do anything to get the nomination. And if uh, tomorrow polling showed that Democrats actually wanted a conservative, Teresa Tomlinson would want you to know she's the most conservative person in the race. Sarah Riggs Amico is coming out saying, you know what, I'm, I'm progressive, but I'm also a person of faith. She's not going to insult people of faith. She may disagree in their application of faith, and they may disagree with her, but she's grounded in a worldview that says we got to help other people, uh, not because of some secular progressive value, but because that's faith. And what I'm seeing here is you've got Ted Terry and Teresa Tomlinson trying to out-progressive each other, uh, and they're leaving faith on the table. There are a lot of Democrats out there, particularly in the black and Hispanic community, who vote Democrat, who are really, really skeptical really skeptical of uh, progressive, rich, white people who can't seem to talk the faith message. And here comes Sarah Riggs Amico saying, hey, I was with Stacey Abrams. I was the lieutenant governor. I'm a person of faith. I'm running because of my faith. She has images of, of the Charleston church shooting and, and the other shootings and, and violence and Donald Trump and David Perdue features a lot in there. And she says, I, I'm running because I'm a person of faith, but I'm also a progressive. So she makes herself approachable to people who don't like the secularist strain of progressivism out there right now. She's tapping into a market that the other Democrats aren't meeting right now, and it segments her in a way that the other candidates can't. And that's actually a smart move on her part. Can I just tell you, one of the most annoying trends in America now is the politicization of everything. Everything's got to be political. And now, you know, who's joined the fray? Taylor Swift. I just want to say that this is a fan-voted award. So I first want to say thank you to the fans because in this video, several points were made. So you voting for this video means that you want a world where we're all treated equally under the law. Regardless of who we love, regardless of how we identify, at the end of this video there was a petition, and there still is a petition, for the Equality Act, which basically just says we all deserve equal rights under the law. Lies! because it now has half a million signatures, which which is five times the amount that it would need to warrant a response from the White House. Seriously, it's got five million signatures, so the White House needs to respond because it's over a million. No, this was something stupid the Obama administration did, where if you got so many signatures on a stupid online petition, they would respond. And I guess she doesn't realize new sheriff in town. But this whole ridiculousness of the Equality Act, you know what the Equality Act would do? It would allow boys to participate against your daughters in their high school sports if the boys said they were girls. Even if they didn't go through a transition, they would be allowed to under the Equality Act. That's why it doesn't have the votes and it doesn't even have a Democratic sponsor in the Senate who's willing to try to collect signatures to get it to the floor. It's all for show. But I bet she doesn't know it. There's a funny story out of out of Tennessee that they polled Taylor Swift in Tennessee because she was coming out for Democrat. Turns out most voters didn't like her. Come on, Taylor. Stop being political. Go back to your old self. But you're dead, aren't you? Three, two, one, zero, all 
Hello and welcome, it is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News on WSB, the phone number if you want to be a part of this here program, 404-872-0750-1800-WSB-TALK. There's some rain still south of I-20 on the east side. Uh, It is impacting the Locust Grove area right now, but moving uh, moving out of the way there. It's, everything is moving east. Your your north side right now, everything is good. So I think I can dispense with the radar, radar readings for now. And I want to delve into the human trafficking story Chris Chandler was mentioning because I, I actually think this is a very big deal uh, and we need to pay attention to it. This is something that transcends partisanship. In the United States, I, I have mentioned this before. I will tell you again that I got elected to city council down in Macon and served one term. I actually left uh, a few months early from my term because I got a job on radio and here at WSB and couldn't be an elected official and on radio. I wasn't running for a second term anyway, and I wasn't going to keep a part-time job and not uh, take a new full-time job. Uh, so I left, but I stayed and, and Cox was very gracious to allow me to stay and finish the only thing I wanted to do on city council. And that was, uh, pass a new law to fight human trafficking and went about it in a very different way. Normally what happens cities that they, they don't know what to do. And by the way, uh, Brian Kemp and Karen handle both have a starring role in this. Normally what you do is you get law enforcement and you raid these Asian-themed massage parlors that crop up around town. Uh, They are presumed to be fronts for human trafficking by a lot of people in law enforcement, whether they are or not. Uh, That is the presumption. And a lot of local governments say, hey, now, hey, you you can't do this. We're taking law enforcement away from reasonable things. Uh, This isn't a big deal. They may not actually be human trafficking there. And that was one of the things I ran into. I also ran into the fact that there was one member of our city council in Macon who was a big landlord. And the Clinton administration did a big, big review of human trafficking. And one of the things they did was determine that a lot of these businesses that participate in human trafficking, they rent from well-connected or politically active landowners and landlords. And they oftentimes try to find landlords who are on city councils or county commissions or sheriffs who have side jobs as landlords and rent from them because they're less likely to be pursued. And that was always a suspicion of mine that the guy who was the, the, the chief obstacle to cracking down was, in fact, someone who was a landlord who owned a lot of commercial real estate. And anyway, what we wound up doing is we took a kind of novel approach. Karen Handel actually suggested it when she was Secretary of State. And then, of course, she left and Brian Kemp uh, became Secretary of State and he just poured himself into the issue. That's actually where I got to know Brian Kemp and where I actually developed tremendous respect for him. Karen Handel had kind of modeled, here's what I think you should do through the regulatory power instead of the police power. 
And then Brian came in. He intuitively understood uh, what the suggestion had been and worked within the Secretary of State's office to develop certain regulations uh, that no legitimate massage business would have problems with. In fact, uh, we worked with in Macon and, and then the state regulatory agencies worked with legitimate businesses and said, what can you do that doesn't raise the cost of opening your business but is something that one of these illegitimate places would want to do. And it was actually now. So here's again in, in the secretary of state at the time, Brian Kemp worked with um, legitimate licensed businesses. And we did this in the city of Macon as well. When I was on city council there to figure out how we could cut down on these too many of which served as fronts for human trafficking. We established first that they did. We did do police raids and we found number of people who were presumed to be victims of human trafficking. We certainly found um, prostitution happening. Uh, it appeared to be human trafficking, and the reason is because there were people who were sleeping on the premises uh, and, and other factors, including a lot of people who did not speak English at all uh, and were clearly scared And in, in any event. One of the things, surprisingly, and, and so this is how we, we wanted to be able to use the regulatory power and the business licensing power, but we didn't want to make it costly for businesses. So how do you do that? Well, you'd be surprised. Uh, for example, if you're a legitimate massage business, you won't have a problem with the regulation that says every room has to have working lights. You, you would be surprised. In, in the illicit parlors, they have rooms where there are no working lights. And the reason is because that tends to be where they keep the victims at night. Uh, another regulation, you can't sleep on the premises. Uh, another regulation is you have to actually have a log of your customers, uh, either in writing or electronic form. You have to be able to document your customers. Uh, and another one, you, you've got to be able to keep up with the receipts on the premises. These are things that every legitimate business does, uh, not just massage businesses. Every legitimate business has working light bulbs, doesn't sleep on the premises, um, it, it, things like that. And the illicit ones tend not to do that. And so what we did by doing this is we were able not to use the police and, and we overcame the objection immediately that you're going to take law enforcement off legitimate stuff because we just used the business licensing office. Go around and up. Oh, this place doesn't have working light bulbs. Hmm. Can we see that you have a log of your visitors? What? No, really? Uh, you, you, why is this cot in the back here? Um, these sorts of things. Well, I bring all that up because the, the, we were able to successfully uh, curtail it in, down when I was on city council. The only thing I wanted to do, and again, this company, Cox Media Group, had a policy. They did not want me to be an elected official and also have a radio show. And they said, you know what? You stay and get this done before you step down. And I did. The day after it passed, I resigned my seat. Um, I had, still had about six months left on my tournament. By the way, being a city councilman, worst job ever. Oh, it was it was terrible. But there is a story we need to really get into that. That's setting the stage. 
employees of four Atlanta area hotels knew sex trafficking was taking place in their hotels, but instead of reporting the illegal activity, they profited from it, according to federal lawsuits filed late Monday. This story broke this morning in the AJC. As many as 20 men a day visited hotel rooms for short periods of time, an indicator of sex trafficking, and some women were forced to stay at the hotels for weeks Four trafficking victims contend. Meanwhile, employees were paid to keep quiet and act as lookouts in case police arrived or other hotel guests were suspicious. The four lawsuits state, where did this happen? Which hotels? What did they do? Unbelievable conduct by hotel employees as well. I'll give you all the details when we come back. Labor Day is coming. Kids are starting back to school. You want to get in routines. You want to get in sleep routines. You want to get in exercise routines. You know what you also need to do? You need to get into clean teeth routines. Morning and evening brushing. The Quip makes it easy. Quip has sensitive sonic vibrations for an effective clean that's gentle on your sensitive gums. It's even got a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides, and it helps you clean your whole mouth evenly. And the multi-use cover works as a stand, mounts to a mirror, and slides over your bristles to pack and protect your Quip on the go. Brush heads are even automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks. A friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. I love my Quip. My wife has a Quip. My daughter has a Quip. We all use Quip at our house. You can too. It starts at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash Eric right now, you get your first refill pack for free. So you get your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash Eric. Get Quip. You will love this toothbrush. I've been a longtime Quip user. You will want to be a longtime Quip user. Getquip.com slash Eric. Go now. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. This, it's a deeply disturbing story. We don't know who the plaintiffs are. Uh, the lawsuits are the first of their kind in Georgia to target hotels rather than the individuals trafficking the women. Um, it, it was fired by two fired filed by two Gwinnett County attorneys, Jonathan Tong and Pat McDonough. Uh, they represent four victims. The victims are unidentified. And here are the hotels. If you're just tuning in, let me set the stage for you again. A federal lawsuit has been filed against four hotels by victims of human trafficking who claim that they were, uh, stayed at the hotels. The hotels knew or should have known they were being trafficking victims. In fact, one of them just has egregious, egregious stuff that happened. But the four hotels are the Red Roof Inn near SunTrust Park, the La Quinta Inn near North Point Mall, the Hometown Studios, which had been a suburban extended stay on Peachtree Industrial Court in Chambly, and Extended Stay America on Hammond Drive near Sandy Springs. Those are the ones... Um, that are all implicated in the suits. And let me just read you this um, from the company of Red Roof Inn. It says, Red Roof condemns and has zero tolerance for human trafficking and child exploitation. 
Red Roof expects its franchisees to follow the policy and as part of our franchise agreement comply with the law. The other businesses didn't respond. Now, here's the thing. Despite police investigations into commercial sex operations at the Red Roof Inn dating back to 2010, hotel management did nothing to stop it, according to the plaintiffs. The lawsuits allege that signs posted on the hotel's front desk and in the front office condone the use of rooms for trafficking as long as the daily rental rate is paid. In fact, no refunds after 15 minutes, says the sign. There's no legitimate reason for the Smyrna Red Roof Inn to have such a policy. Now, what happened to one of the women is horrifically, I mean, it just, it, it will make you mad, but you should hear what happened. And I want to get into the details. They Some of this stuff is just bizarre. And they say it happened. Federal lawsuit. We'll get into it when we come back here on WSB. It is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News. If you're just tuning in, there is this really unbelievable story uh, that is in the AJC based on a federal lawsuit. This is not a criminal lawsuit, and you do need to understand it's not a criminal lawsuit. Uh, What it is is a federal civil lawsuit filed by lawyers on behalf of four plaintiffs. Those are uh, women who are filing the lawsuit. They say they are victims of human trafficking, of sex trafficking. And they're filing it against four hotels in the Atlanta area. Those hotels, um, the implicated hotels named are a Red Roof Inn near SunTrust Park, a La Quinta Inn near North Point Mall, a Homewood Studios, previously a suburban extended stay on Peachtree Industrial Court in Chambly, and an extended stay America on Hammond Drive near Sandy Springs. Um Obviously, the one hotel, Red Roof Inn, has come out very forcefully and said franchisees uh, would be, they could have their franchise rejected. But I I just, I got to read you some of this stuff. And this is stuff that that the lawyers are pushing out and and also highlighting in their lawsuit. Uh, Online reviews of the Red Roof Inn, the one near SunTrust Park, and, and the other hotels mentioned in the lawsuit, all, they mention illegal activity witnessed by hotel guests. Typically, someone claiming to be a manager of the hotel replied to the reviews with an apology. Managers also knew about law enforcement investigations into criminal activity at the hotels, the lawsuit alleges. Now listen to this. One of the women being trafficked says she tried to get help from an employee of the suburban extended stay. The employee then told the man running the trafficking operation who beat the woman who had been seeking help. You think someone is going to help you? None of these people are going to help you, the man allegedly told her. An employee of the Extended Stay America kept lingerie behind the front desk and tried to sell it to one of the victims filing suit, the lawsuit alleges. Now, there, the AJC quotes uh, Susan Norris. She's the founder of a nonprofit called Rescuing Hope. Says the details of the lawsuit really aren't surprising. Her group works to bring awareness about the problem. And she says these there are people out there that will do anything to make money. They're looking out for themselves and no one else. Sex trafficking, of course, it, it happens at high-end resorts, boutique hotels, uh, these little roadside motels. And they were paying the staff, according to the lawsuit. They were, they were paying the staff. It's it's really horrific what was happening. 
And there's a trend in the country because there are certain elements in the country that are deciding that prosecute uh, that pros- prostitution is about female empowerment. There, there actually are. There, there are movements in this country afoot uh, that decide that prostitution is human empowerment, and so it should be legalized. And that makes the human trafficking situation worse. And so what these people are doing is they're saying, well, there really isn't a big, it's not a big deal. Human trafficking is overstated. It's a moral panic, according to the lingo. When Here we have the situation. Now, again, all of this is alleged. All of it is alleged. It is a lawsuit. It is not a criminal case. The U.S. attorney, the district attorney, none of these people are involved So it's a civil case. It is these people make this claim there will be a lawsuit unless there is a settlement of some kind. But perhaps uh, the U.S. attorney or the district attorney does need to look into this and see what happens. It's a pretty big deal that the lawyers are not going after the individuals. They're going after the hotels. And they're trying to make the case saying these hotels had an obligation, an affirmative duty to do something, and they did not do it. Not only did they not do it, uh, at least in one case they claim an employee of the hotel worked to ensure the woman stayed trafficked as opposed to helping free her. That's a pretty damning allegation if it's true. Uh, Again, if it's true, these are allegations. Now, there's breaking news happening now. State regulators are deploying an emergency response team to Sterogenics in Cobb County. They're investigating a possible leak and evacuation that reportedly took place last month. The deployment was announced uh, just a little while ago uh, after the AJC sought comment from the Georgia Environmental Protection Division about the incident. Get this. A company email to employees obtained by the AJC indicates a leak occurred on July 31st, just hours after a community hearing was held at a Smyrna Middle School to discuss ethylene oxide emissions from the plant. Ethylene oxide is a carcinogen. I wanted to inform each of you that we experienced an area evacuation at approximately 3.14 a.m. this morning. An investigation took place at this time, and it was found that a drum that was recently removed was leaking from the gas valve. The email goes on to say that the valve was closed, but does not say how much ethylene oxide might have escaped. The company is required to report a leak immediately if the size of the release cannot be determined or if it's greater than 10 pounds. After the leak was sealed, the levels that were seen in the facility at the time dissipated as well, the email read. The AJC reached out to Sterogenics for comment. The EPD said it could not conclude, based on the email, whether a reportable release occurred. Now that the EPD has been made aware of the potential release on July 31st, EPD is conducting an investigation. Following that investigation, EPD will determine the appropriate next steps. Uh, Governor Kemp's office says that uh, the EPD was acting in response to new information. Listen, I, I think the governor has handled himself well here. I think it would be irresponsible to close one of these places down. Uh, the one in Covington, you know, is one of the biggest employers in the city. You'd be putting a lot of people out of work. But this Sterogenics place, it looks like it is becoming uh, just a can of worms. And maybe the the Sterogenics place, in light of this new information that this leak happened on July 31st, may, maybe, maybe, just maybe, uh, something needs to happen to them and, and not the one in, in uh, Clayton, or not Clayton, in Covington. Um, maybe, just maybe. Uh, if you're just tuning in again, uh, breaking news here, the state has opened an emergency investigation of sterogenics following uh, information that a leak happened July 31st at the facility. It was not reported to the state. Uh, the state learned of it when the AJC was tipped off with an email, it appears. 
Uh, if I'm following along the story right, this is kind of a big deal. It's a big deal in the news, and the governor is probably going to have to do something now, the EPD doing something as well. Man, these companies, you, you, you try to work with them, and then they just, well, they, they screw up constantly. I just got, you know, I haven't been to an Atlanta United game and I really, really want to go. I got invited to one tonight, but I, I couldn't make it tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm in charge of the household tonight. Uh, but I really do want to go. I, I, I need to go to a Falcons game as well. Um, now that football season is starting, I need to, I didn't go to enough Braves games during baseball season too. So, oh, well, at some point I'll go to a soccer game, see what it's all about. We'll see. I got to do a lot of soccer now because my 10 year old is signed up for fall soccer. So a lot of sweating, hoping for cooler weather. Talk to you guys tomorrow.